It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. Thrilled to be back after the first week off I've had since I started doing the show two and a half years ago. A week off in which I had a lot of celebrating to do. Congratulations and happy birthday to my two wonderful sons and to my beautiful wife. Happy wedding and marital bliss for Samantha and Edgar. Lots more congratulating to do on this show inspired by news events of the week. Before we spend the bulk of the show addressing just the latest mass shootings in this country. But first, starting out, congratulations are in order for Kyle Giersdorf. In case you don't recognize that name, Kyle Giersdorf is the 16-year-old kid who won $3 million playing Fortnite. That is, after playing Fortnite for, in his description, at least eight hours a day for at least five days per week. He won $3 million. Congratulations as well to his parents. Hopefully he can use some of that $3 million to bail them out of jail where they should be for child neglect. Unlikely. Whatever. Not not the only story of good parenting during the week. Show what parents are driven to in this country. I, I love this news item. It was reported that the parents of at least 14 minors who were accepted to the University of Illinois surrendered guardianship in order to qualify for more financial aid. Gee, maybe they should just have their kids spend more time playing Fortnite. And then who would need college? The lesson to draw from this kid who wins $3 million by presumably having absolutely no life at all, playing eight hours a day, at least five days a week, is one of my favorite subjects, of course. The extent to which we are reminded again that wealth is not indicative whatsoever of value. That how wealthy you are, look at this 16-year-old kid who now has more personal wealth than my entire immediate family, and I think about the value that he provides for himself or for others by playing Fortnite. Another reminder to all of us that wealth does not equate in any way, shape, or form to anything we should be looking up to. But... Also on the congratulations front, um, congratulations to July. Yes, this past July, which was the hottest month in world history. Yippee, congratulations. Uh, Hottest month in world history saw 11 billion tons. A number that is, frankly, not even imaginable. 11 billion, with a B, tons of Greenland's ice sheet melt in one day. The UN report came out this week showing that there will be severe water shortages for much of the world in the near future. The report showing that the world's food supply is at dire risk, all because of something that the President of the United States and his political party still refuses to acknowledge. Science, reality, in this case, climate change. But good news, by the way, from the UN report that otherwise was filled with really dire projections. The good news is, according to the UN, 
we could still do something about it. We could still do something about the looming food shortages and water crises. Leading us all to take a breath and say, have they seen who the president of the United States is? Oh God, we're all going to die. Well, congratulations in a way also this week for Jeffrey Epstein, renowned child sexual predator. Well, I guess for Jeff- Jeffrey Epstein, the week started better than it finished. Although maybe not. The week started, of course, with us reading about how he planned to have his head and his dick cryogenically frozen so that he could eventually seed the world with his DNA. That's right. A reminder, Jeffrey Epstein, very, very rich person up until recently when he was dead. Very, very rich person envisioned seeding the world with his DNA. He envisioned a world ruled by immoral, misogynistic, narcissistic, sexual deviants, and child predators, apparently. Wait a minute. Didn't anybody ever tell Jeffrey Epstein that all the world's major religions have beaten him to it? Anyway, that's the humorous note on which the week started for Jeffrey Epstein. As we go to air, it didn't end quite as well for him as Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in his jail cell. And now... To get serious for a moment, how, seriously, how could, how could they let this happen? How could they let this guy supposedly kill himself? That's the story we're hearing right now. You know, I hate to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but seriously, this whole thing, like, really reeks. First of all, remember, he supposedly tried a suicide attempt a few weeks ago, and yet we're to believe that he wasn't even on suicide watch. And, of course, the whole idea that this guy, that him being put through the ringer, being put to trial one after another, is spared all of that. The fact that we do not get to learn what he has to say about all of the apparently really wealthy people he had a lot to do with, including the current president of the United States and very possibly a former president of the United States. We're going to be potentially deprived all of that because they let this guy, we're led to believe, commit suicide. Again, I really hate to, to engage in conspiracy theories, but this one really, really stinks. Because again, the same lesson that we saw about wealth and, val- and value to society that we saw with the 16-year-old Fortnite winner, we're seeing with Jeffrey Epstein and all of his friends. Because as story after story trickles out about Jeffrey Epstein and the people he was associated with, the thing that just overwhelms us is what unbelievable scum, what absolute garbage this rich, entitled trash is. Let us hope that we are not deprived of following this sleaze trail everywhere it touches, though I expect that it will be, just as his victims will be denied the ability to see him get his comeuppance on trial, to see him exposed for what he was at this point. When I think about Jeffrey Epstein, of course, his ties to the current president, his ties to rich scum all around this country, presumably around the planet, I'm reminded that the 
president of the United States was just sort of in my neighborhood yesterday doing fundraisers out in the Hamptons and other places on Long Island, doing big fundraisers, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars. This guy, the racist in chief, the bigot in chief, the moron in chief, the un-American jackass in chief is raising a lot of money from the planet's lowest life shit, from absolute human trash. Why? Well, when you're that rich, chances are it's not indicative of anything you contribute to our society. As I've pointed out before, wealth is a function of how much you take out of society, not how much you put in. And these people are clearly indicating that their wealth, in part, stems from the fact that I have no decency, no morals. They are not bound by the usual rules of human decency that the rest of us are bound by. And as such, can support a man who threatens the entire existence of this country as well as the planet because they might get a little bit more out of it. Way, human trash fighting way outside its weight class. John Ratcliffe. You might recall the name. John Ratcliffe is the Texas congressman who was, at the beginning of our week, named to be Director of National Intelligence by President Trump. Well, as with Jeffrey Epstein, I guess the week began better for John Ratcliffe than it ended. Trump having recently had to withdraw his nomination. Why would Trump have to withdraw his nomination? Well, turns out the guy he named Director of National Intelligence was completely unqualified for the position. Gee, who knew that intelligence was something that was a partisan thing? Oh, wait, I guess anyone who's paying attention knows that intelligence has been made partisan many, many years ago when the Republicans gave up any claim to it. Now, you might ask yourself, well, wait a minute. Donald Trump has filled our government with people completely unqualified for their jobs. What's different about John Ratcliffe? I wish I had an answer to that. It's possible that Trump reached a new low with this sycophantic Fox News speaking piece of garbage. Director of National Intelligence is kind of an important position, directly related to the security of the American public, keeping people alive, recognizing threats against this country, presumably not those coming from Russia, but recognizing other threats to this country and to security in people's lives. And maybe Republicans were a little bit concerned about how it might look when we have successful terrorist actions or other actions against this country and the guy that we have put up to protect us has no qualifications whatsoever for the position. In fact, Ratcliffe is just another Fox News joke. Like pretty much everybody else in this administration, a man whose qualifications to become one of the leaders of the United States government is that he is a talking head on Fox News and willing to throw away any ounce of integrity or brains that he might possibly have had at some point in his life. And yet, somehow, I guess we should be celebrating, congratulations to America, that we managed to avoid this one. This guy who made the previous director of national intelligence, Dan Coates, a longtime Republican congressman hack, looked like actually a breath of fresh air. By comparison, of course. In fact, 
Ratcliffe, this partisan clown, made Coates look normal. Looked like he could have actually made the Z team, which is what the Trump administration is down to at this point. Coates having shown a little bit of independence when it came to trying to protect this country and our security. That, of course, being way too much for this president of the United States, who will not have anybody, will not tolerate anybody in his administration actually doing their job. Well, doing their job other than as he sees it, which is just to protect Donald Trump. It is interesting, in light of our discussions of climate change, to note how we got here. The worldwide threat assessment that was done by our intelligence agencies apparently is what got Trump to request Dan Coats to leave his position. And in the world, what, what was the, the great mistake that he made? What, what was the great insult to the President of the United States? He acknowledged reality. In the worldwide threat assessment, they acknowledged the fact that climate change actually existed and thus showed an amount of independence that this president of the United States would not tolerate, thus showed a certain amount of qualification or a base level of concern for the good of the country and the planet that this president could not tolerate. The part of the narrative here, not summed up by the fact that the president of the United States is a traitor, was summed up succinctly by a senior intelligence analyst who wrote an op-ed in the New York Times this past week. The intelligence analyst quit his job. Because, as he explained it, he was not allowed by the Trump administration to analyze or to show any intelligence. As the Trump administration sought to continue to create a false reality about what the world is. To continue to purge our government of anyone with any integrity at all. The Republican Party, speaking of no integrity at all, demonstrated initially upon the naming of John Ratcliffe, that it has completely given its brains or whatever is left of them over to Donald Trump. Until things got too bad where the Republicans had to get Trump to jettison this guy, originally they rallied around him and made all kinds of excuses. Some of my favorite ones was, don't worry, in private he's not what he acts like publicly. Bringing us back to the whole idea of getting Trump elected in the first place, which was, (laughs) you guys who don't like him, that's just because you listen to the things he says. So we're trying that now. We tried that one with John Ratcliffe for a little while. We tried the, oh, don't worry, he's just, you know, full of shit. Don't believe anything he says. He's not going to be nearly as bad as he appears, simply because he's nothing but a Trump lackey and a Fox News piece of shit. But don't worry, everybody. John Ratcliffe will land on his feet because he's gone back to where all worthless toadies belong. To the Republican delegation in Congress. This gives us an opportunity before we move away from this story to say, can we please look at this and remind ourselves what Fox News is? And could we get beyond the pretense, at least from reasonable people and people on the left, That Fox News is anything other than what it is, which is bullshit propaganda. All these guys from this administration do their training ground at Fox News. Go on Fox News, lie, say ridiculously stupid things in support of the president, and you will be put into the highest echelons of the United States government. 
The idea that anyone might still be talking about whether any Democratic presidential candidate or anybody else should go on Fox News, I think is problematic. Because nobody should acknowledge that Fox News exists, let alone give it the credibility that a news organization might need. Anyway, on to the big story of the week now to finish up. And that is, of course, the latest mass shootings, mass murders in America, in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio, or as Donald Trump likes to refer to it, Toledo. In, these, in the first mass shooting in El Paso, we're now at 22 dead, at least 26 injured. In Dayton, the numbers are 9 and 27. This includes young parents protect, trying to protect their baby both of whom were killed. It includes a two-year-old and a nine-year-old shot to death in America in just the latest examples of mass shootings and gun violence. By the way, there were three mass shootings this week. Can you name the site earlier in the week? Of course not. We have so many mass shootings in this country. Well, 248 So far this year, at least as of a few days ago, we've probably passed that number by several at this point. 248 mass shootings so far this year. Far more than the number of days we've passed so far this year. So in the wake of the latest mass shootings killing more than 30 Americans, this is definitely not the time to talk about guns. Again. Because of course we know in America that after a mass shooting, that is absolutely not the time to talk about guns. I'm reminded as I try to sort through this tragedy of a show that we had done many, many months ago, way more than a year ago. It may have been after, Mar- after Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. It was after one of the big mass shootings in America. It's hard to keep them straight. But we had done a segment, actually, that I was quite proud of but which we never aired. And we never aired because we thought people might take it the wrong way. Because the name of the episode was Mass Murder Bingo. And we had done an episode in the guise of a game show. It wasn't meant to be funny. It was meant to be morbid and as sick as it sounds. It was done in the name of in the guise of a game show called Mass Murder Bingo. And the game show was you pulled names and numbers and and characteristics out of a hat. Who's it going to be today? It's going to be Catholics, Jews, Muslims. It's going to be a church, a synagogue, a school. Where's the shooting going to be? Because this is where we are now in America. And it's not funny. This was the deadliest anti-Latino attack in modern U.S. history. El Paso was. Aimed specifically by a white supremacist piece of trash who traveled hundreds of miles to go to a place where Americans and Mexicans, people of the Caucasian descent and people of Hispanic descent, white-skinned people and brown-skinned people, live together in unity and happiness and peace. El Paso, despite the President of the United States' 
attacks against it, being one of the safest cities in America. In fact, this one mass shooting surpassed its average murder total in a year. One attack. This piece of shit went there because he was inspired by people on the internet. 8chan, of course, has come into the news a lot here. The same internet forum in which the gunman in Christchurch, New Zealand, and the Poe Synagogue shootings posted their manifestos. All three manifestos, including the one in El Paso, espousing the Great Replacement Theory, arguing that non-white immigrants are, interestingly enough, to my conservative Jewish friends, being paid by Jews and other elites to replace white Western citizens. Yes, this is the team you've chosen to be a part of. As it was put out, as it was said by the El Paso Sheriff, this Anglo man came here to kill Hispanics. I'm outraged and you should be too. This entire nation should be outraged. In this day and age, with all the serious issues we face, we are still confronted with people who will kill another for the sole reason of the color of their skin. Couldn't have said it better. Except you know what's worse than that? What's worse than that is the fact that we have a president of the United States who is promoting this. And yes, I am laying this at Donald Trump's feet. This man was a follower of Donald Trump. He was a follower of his invasion theories. He's a follower of his open borders lies. He is a follower of send them back. This is the kind of unhinged piece of white trash that Donald Trump is talking to and on whom his re-election depends. But don't worry, outraged by this as America tries to come together. Donald Trump was all over this one. No, he didn't say there were good people on both sides of this one. Give him credit here. He actually read something from a teleprompter. Of course, neither did he call it terrorism. He can't call it terrorism, of course, because this is his base. Because he has slashed, and in some cases completely stopped, our efforts to investigate and stop white supremacist terrorism. Can't exactly call it terrorism if you support it. Of course, Donald Trump ultimately went to El Paso and Toledo, uh, Dayton. Trump managing to get that one wrong, where he was going and where the murder took place. He went down there to console them. And once again, we were reminded that Donald Trump is anything but the empathizer in chief. And instead, he picked fights. He picked fights with Democrats. He picked fights with people from that district. Picked fights with mayors. He could have gone to El Paso to apologize to them for lying about the quality of their city. But he didn't. He could have gone down to El Paso, by the way, to pay the bill he continues to owe the city, something like half a million dollars, for one of his political rallies that his campaign organization is not paid. Typical Donald Trump, not paying his bills. But he didn't do that either. He could have gone down there, try to heal divisions and bring this country together. But again, 
No chance he was going to do that because that's not his pathway to electoral success. And that's what a piece of garbage we have running this country right now. In fact, what he did was decide to go out and sell typical Republican bullshit that's sold after every mass shooting. He went to try to improve his electoral prospects by basking in the glow of making believe he cared during a mass shooting. Yes, there's no mass shooting that this president of the United States cannot look for an opportunity to profit from. But then he read the typical GOP bullshit. Yes, he read from a teleprompter. He read without his heart in it whatsoever. When he speaks about how much he hates brown-skinned people and when we should throw them out, he speaks with emotion. He speaks as if he cares. Take a look at his teleprompter speech against hate and social media. And then take a look at him at one of his rallies trying to incite violence. And see if you can't tell the difference. He talked about how we could blame this on video games. Except, of course, that we can't. There's no actual data or information that supports that. He talked about mental health. Because that's the usual Republican bromide to change the subject. The usual red herring after a mass shooting. He talked about mental health. Seriously, Donald Trump is going to lecture this country on mental health. But let's not make jokes about this. It's too serious a subject. Need I say that there's no correlation between mass shootings and mental health? Need I say, by the way, that if he really did believe that this was a mental health crisis, maybe taking away people's health insurance that covers mental health really wouldn't be a good idea? Maybe we should talk for a moment about his lack of health care plan, which is just to take away health care? The governor of Ohio himself in some hot water for his refusal to actually do anything that might save people's lives. Mike DeWine reflected the Trump Republican storyline talking points when he says that we need to be on the lookout for people acting suspiciously. Yeah, that's what the solution to a ma- more than one mass shooting a day is to look out for people evidencing mental health problems. Well, here's one I can at least get on board with. Because here, I'd like to, as a Forward Nation radio courtesy to our listeners, I would like to talk about some of the things that you should be looking for when it comes to identifying suspicious behavior and possible mass shooters. First of all, is it a white guy buying guns? If it's a white guy buying guns, uh uh-oh, better watch out, this could be a mass shooter. And if this white guy is buying a lot of guns, yeah, you're pretty much a pretty much a done deal on that one. If somebody's buying an assault weapon and you don't get the sense that they have a freezer lot large enough to hold an entire meat from an entire herd of deer, then maybe that should be suspicion. And maybe we should follow everybody who has an assault weapon? Who buys an assault weapon? What about anyone who buys a high-capacity magazine? The shooter in El Paso had a magazine that carried 100 bullets. Again, I guess, unless you want to take out an entire deer herd at one time, 
If you're buying a high-capacity magazine, maybe you need to be followed around for the rest of your life. How about people wearing MAGA hats? How about people with a Trump bumper sticker on the back of their pickup trucks? Because those stupid sons of bitches are sure as hell acting suspiciously to me, and maybe we should take their guns away. But of course, we should be doing all these things in lieu of actually taking away their ability to use a gun to create mass carnage in a short period of time. The Dayton killer managed to do his killings and woundings in well less than a minute before he was taken out by police. No, anything but gun laws, if you're a Republican. The idea that Donald Trump would be talking about these things, about mental health, about Suspicious behavior is about the funniest thing since Melania was going to take on cyberbullying. But it's not, again, it's not just the Trump line, it's the entire GOP line. It was echoed in the aftermath of the El Paso shootings by no less than the Texas governor and the Texas lieutenant governor. But you have to understand they have to do anything to change the subject from guns. And destructive guns that have the ability to commit mass murder in a short period of time. Because the Republican Party can't talk about guns while their mouths are full of NRA members. Yes, the Republicans are saying now maybe they'll agree on a red flag law. In other words, if you're on the terrorism watch list, maybe then you should, we'll consider the fact that maybe you shouldn't have a gun. Reminding us of something that I talked about on the show two years ago, which is that the Republicans, upon taking office at the end of the Obama administration, repealed the Obama-era rule that prevented people on the terrorism watch list from getting guns. Wow, maybe we'll consider getting back to the future of two and a half years ago and doing truly the least that we could possibly do. Yes, I know as we go to air, Donald Trump is floating the idea of doing something about background checks. Mitch McConnell, leader of the Senate, who generally believes in doing absolutely nothing about absolutely everything, says, well, maybe it is time to consider something like that. Well, maybe it is time to consider, again, the least we could possibly do and something that should have been done decades ago. But you know what? Odds are they're not even going to do that because this is the Republican Party. And odds are they will stall, they will talk a bit of a good game until the public is distracted by something else and then this will quietly go away. Because all of this reflects, all that's going on, reflects the two favorite things from the Republican Party. One, racism. Another reminder of how much the Republican Party is about race and how the race of the killers and the race of the victims are not, are not irrelevant here. Just this week, in case we didn't have enough information on this, and this is a story that was not made big enough as far as I'm concerned, Did you hear about the tapes of a phone call between then-President Richard Nixon 
and Ronald Reagan. Oh, I'm sorry. Ronald Reagan. You have to say it like that since he's a god of the Republican Party. Remember Ronald Reagan, who I've spoken of less than fondly on this show for him being a blatant racist. Starting off his presidential campaign in Philadelphia, Mississippi, where three civil rights workers, including two affiliated with Queens College, where I teach, were murdered, brutally murdered by white supremacist scum. Well, for those of us who didn't want to believe that Ronald Reagan was that big a racist, we have these tapes where Reagan says to Richard Nixon, quote, to see those, those monkeys from those African countries. Damn them, they're still uncomfortable wearing shoes. This isn't in the 1930s, this is in the 1970s. This is the Republican Party. The bigoted party. And this again is what the 2020 election will be all about. But that's only half of the two favorite things that this ties together. Of course, what all this really ties together, these shootings, is the thing that Republicans like most. Which is being fucking whores. Because let's not forget what their gun motivations are all about. Let's not forget what the NRA, the National Rifle Association, is. It is not a group of people out there trying to stand up for their rights and band together to support the Second Amendment or the United States Constitution. God knows they don't believe in the 14th Amendment. No, the NRA is a group of firearms manufacturers trying to sell more guns and making money off of the dead bodies of American citizens. That's who they are, and that's who the Republican Party represents. Just weeks ago on this show, I talked about something like this happening. I talked about the next time we saw a mass murder of brown-skinned people motivated by Donald Trump's words. And I said, will he be held responsible then? Of course not. He knows, as he has his entire life, he will evade responsibility for everything. But he shouldn't evade responsibility for this. Someone should talk about the idea of whether criminal charges could be brought against the President of the United States. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, we can't indict a sitting president, so we're told. He has spoken to the most impressionable, dangerous fucking morons on the fucking planet. And as a result, they have done exactly what his words could have intended to have them do. And it is time to talk about the President of the United States as not just a traitor, but being complicit in murder. Mass murder. It is no surprise, all the statistics, again, that I've read several times about the dramatic increase in the number of white nationalist groups during the Trump administration. According to the Southern Poverty Law Center, we've gone from 100 chapters in 2017 to 148 in 2018, a 50% increase in a year. The Anti-Defamation League, again, for my Jewish conservative friends, who I will never understand and never respect, reports a 182% increase in incidents of the distribution of white supremacist propaganda and an increase in the number of rallies and demonstrations by white supremacy groups from 76 in 2017 to 91 in 2018. The roaches are coming out even during the daylight. 
A study by the Center for Strategic and International Studies found the number of terrorist attacks by far-right perpetrators quadrupled in the U.S. And for anyone who might be a Trump supporter out there who wandered onto this show, quadrupled mean four times, increased four times in the U.S. between 2016 and 2017. Far-right attacks in Europe rose 43% over the same period. Everyone is concerned about this, except for the people actually leading this country who could do something about it. It's not just Trump who should bear responsibility for this, it is the Republican Party. And yes, it sure as hell is Fox News. How about criminal actions against that propaganda arm, that inciter of violence, that show that puts people like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingraham on TV to espouse white supremacist theories and to spread lies about the so-called invasion that is leading mass murderers to kill people in America. We are reminded, I will probably talk a little bit more on our next show, which will come up soon. Talk a little bit about the Democratic debates. But seriously, when we look at what's going on and where we are as a country right now, we think about the election in 2020, and we're worried about who's got the more feasible Medicare for all or health care plan or who's going to scare people with health care. If we can't defeat the likes of Adolf Hitler, this country's not worth saving. And this is what we've got in this country. We have got the American Nazi Party running this country right now. But that's okay. The media will spend the next few weeks finding anything they can to criticize about Democrats who might have put a comma in a place where a semicolon would have been the better bet. David on Slate's political gab fest a week or two ago was talking about Trump's dealings with Iran and North Korea and pointed out that these dealings show that this administration has absolutely no idea, that there is no idea guiding our foreign policy. I thought, well, that's a good point. On the other hand, on what do the Republicans actually have an idea about? Is there anything that this political party has an idea about? has a clue about. Is there anything they stand for other than their own power and their own greed? Best nickname of the year of the ever? Moscow Mitch. Referring to the Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. Moscow Mitch. And pithily summing up where his loyalties lie. And this is what we're worried about defeating in 2020. God help us. Anyway, more on this in future shows. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 